0: I guess that any of us get a bit nervous when we meet someone who's an in, in an important position, a position of power. Um, even if we're expecting something good from that person, I think we still get a bit am- apprehensive, a bit nervous. So supposing, for instance, when the next honours are handed out, it's not you, uh, it's not Mo Farrow or Tani Gay. Thompson, who's receiving an honour from the Queen, but it's you instead. I guess you would be quite apprehensive, wouldn't you? I certainly would. Um, You wouldn't, or I wouldn't, want to mess things up uh, on an important day like that. I would be anxious to do things properly. I guess I'd even put on a suit rather than a fleece. When we see the Queen on television, we can see that she's a fairly ordinary-looking person. We know her powers are fairly limited, yet we'd still be nervous. What about meeting a king and queen in days gone by when they had real power? Power to say even whether you lived or died. Someone like Henry VIII. We'd be very nervous about meeting him, wouldn't we? But supposing you were meeting someone who is more powerful than any king, queen or emperor that's ever lived. Someone whose greatness is mind-blowing, unimaginable. Now I guess you see where I'm heading with this. The someone I'm thinking of is God, creator of all there is. A God whose greatness is more than we can imagine, a God who has a goodness a purity, a cleanness that makes us seem very grubby indeed. Supposing we were meet to meet God himself face to face, we wouldn't just be nervous or anxious, we'd be scared. And when we read in the Bible of people having that sort of meeting with God, they generally fall on their face. That happened with Ezekiel. And we get a similar reaction when Isaiah sees God. Do you remember his vision from Isaiah chapter 6? I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne. And just the hem of his garment filled the temple. The, The angelic beings, the seraphim, were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. The sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shake, the temples fill with smoke, and Isaiah cries out, woe is me, I'm ruined, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, but my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of glory. Isaiah's reaction was one of fear, and yet, in the passage that Richard read to us in hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 we are invited to come into the presence of god let us approach the throne with confidence how can we possibly do that the writer to the hebrews answer to that is through jesus and particularly through his ministry as a great high priest. Now, speaking of Jesus as high priest presents us with a a bit of a problem because it's so far removed from our own experience. It takes us back to Old Testament times, to times of the tabernacle and the temple, to times of animal sacrifice. So I hope you'll Keep with me as I speak a little bit about the Old Testament high priest. The high priest was a descendant of Aaron, the brother of Moses. His role, in a nutshell, was to represent man before God. key part of that role was what happened on the Day of Atonement. On the Day of Atonement, uh, the um, high priest would enter... The most holy place, he had to prepare himself carefully before he went into that place because he was entering the holy presence of God. When he was in the most holy place, he made sacrifices for his sins and the sins of the people. You can read about that in Leviticus chapter 16. I was trying to think of a modern day equivalent of a high priest The nearest I could get to it was a barrister in a court of law or perhaps a member of parliament. The barrister speaks on the behalf of someone who is accused. He's an advocate for them. The MP is a representative for us, to represent our interests, sometimes to help sort out some intractable problem. The intractable problem and difficulty for which we have need an advocate, a representative is our sin. And um, the Old Testament high priest fulfilled that role imperfectly, but in Jesus we have a much better high priest. These verses that Richard read to us are sort of a preview of coming attractions further on in the letter to Hebrews. And I'm just going to whip through some of the other things it says about Jesus being high priest further on in Hebrews. So Jesus is a better high priest, first of all, because he is eternal. And that's the point of the strange reference we get in Hebrews to Melchizedek. Melchizedek, priest of the Most High God. Now we don't hear anything about his genealogy and we don't hear of his death. And the point of that is a picture of, um, it's almost like he's eternal. And it's a picture of a much better high priest, who, Jesus, who was to come. The other high priest died, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. And is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Secondly, Jesus is guarantee of a better covenant. Promised in Jeremiah chapter 31, better covenant amongst other things brings forgiveness of sins. And you remember the words of Jesus where he says at the Last Supper, this cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for you. Thirdly, Jesus it brings a better hope, a hope um, by which we draw near to God. And fourthly, Jesus provides a better sacrifice. The sacrifice is on the Day of Atonement, were repeated each year. But the sacrifice of Jesus, the Son of God, the sacrifice of himself, was once for all. Now, because of those things, you might think, um, because Jesus is a much better priest than any went before him, that he would be too remote for us to help us with our daily struggles. But that's not the case. And here we go back to Hebrews chapter 4. Jesus is able to sympathise with our weakness. We don't have a a priest who's out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. There's a wonderful um, Graham Kendrick song Um, We don't sing it very often because he needs a leader and, and different parts. But it goes, he walked where I walked. He stood where I stand. He felt what I feel. He understands. He knows my frailty, shared my humanity, tempted in every way, yet without sin. God with us, so close to us. God with us, Emmanuel. The writer of Hebrews doesn't just make that point in verse 15 of chapter 4, but also in verses 7 and 8 of chapter 5, where he speaks of Jesus offering up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears during his life on earth. It isn't quite clear what the writer what incidents the writer has in mind, but I believe that just as sometimes our needs or the needs of others can move us to cry or even move us to tears, we can know, take comfort from knowing this too was in the experience of our Lord. The writer speaks of Jesus learning obedience through what he suffered, being made perfect. That's not to say at one time he was imperfect or disobedient. It just means he was tested by suffering so that even when he faced death, he was still obedient to God. And because of that obedience, he became fully qualified to be the saviour Of humankind. Again and again in the letter to Hebrews, the writer calls his readers to action with the phrase, Let us. You might be aware of some of those phrases. I suppose the most um, common ones, ones we remember, come in um, Hebrews chapter 12, where it talks about, Let us run the race with perseverance. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Well, in this passage we're looking at, the writer has two letter statements. The first one, which I'm not going to spend long on, is he says, Let us firm, hold firmly the faith we profess. The faith in Jesus, how the world was created through him, how he's the reflection of God's glory, the exact imprint of God's very being, how he suffered and died to conquer death, how he's raised from death and ascended into heaven. Those are the truths that we as Christians believe. That at least in part is the faith we profess. Let us hold on to them. But secondly... Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. You remember Isaiah's vision of the throne of God? High, God high and exalted. And it's just his hem fills the whole temple, the hem of his garment. It's a vision where Isaiah cries out, there's no hope. For me, I'm doomed. But do you see the contrast now? That the throne on which God sits, that produced fear in Isaiah, is now the throne of grace. The throne where we get blessing, which we don't deserve. Rather than shy away from God, who is still great and majestic, we can approach him. With confidence. Isn't that staggering? Isn't that wonderful? Is Alan here? Alan Kidney, why isn't he saying amen? Amen. (laughs) So we come to the throne. We come first of all to receive mercy. For all of us surely can look back at our lives and see things which we wish we had not done or said. We can be left thinking, if only, if only, if I, only I hadn't said that or done that. If only I'd done that thing which I just failed to do. It's not always possible to ask forgiveness of another person whom we've wronged. We cannot go back and say something bad, unsay something bad that we've said. But we can approach God to receive mercy, to receive forgiveness. I don't know about you, but sometimes I think that people think better of me than I deserve. At other times I feel their assessment of me is much too harsh. But God's assessment of me is spot on. He knows the full extent of my guilt. But because um, of Jesus, because of his death on the cross, all that guilt is taken away. God's forgiveness of us is complete. If we're haunted by if-only moments, if we feel guilty over some way we've behaved in the past, there's this fantastic invitation to approach the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy. I don't know if any of you remember uh, Marganita Lasky, at one time a well-known secular humanist, novelist. Uh, John Stott in one of his books quotes her as saying this, What I env- envy most about you Christians is that you have someone to forgive you. I have nobody to forgive me. I have nobody to forgive me. But we do. If we come to, Jesus, to God in the name of Jesus, he will and he does forgive. Secondly, we approach the throne of grace to find grace to help in time of need. The people in uh, In this letter of Hebrews that that it was written to, they were going through a hard time. They were wavering in their faith because of persecution. Perhaps that was what was in the writer's mind. When he says they will find grace to help in time of need. But all of us at various times in our lives experience the need for help. What's the most difficult period of a person's life, do you think? Do you think it's adolescence, making the transition from childhood to adult? What about being a young parent or a parent of a teenager? What about if you're stuck in a job you hate or lose the job you have or can't get a job? Or if you're looking after someone towards the end of their life? What about old age itself? Or if you've got problems with your health? Each age, each situation brings its own problems and difficulties. So perhaps the answer to the question I pose, what's the most difficult part of your life? Well, it's the one I'm in now. So where can we find help? We can find help from God who loves us and cares for us. Let us come to him. Come to the throne of grace to find grace to help in time of need. How will that help come? Maybe with peace instead of anxiety. Maybe help from someone else. Maybe a word of encouragement from another person or from the Bible. Maybe an awareness of the presence of God or an awareness of his love for us. Maybe just the strength to keep on keeping on. I've just sketched out briefly what it means for Jesus to be our high priest I hope you'll go to Hebrews and read the rest of it. It's a a hard book, but it's a fantastic book for the truths that it proclaims. And I hope that whatever else we understand about Jesus being high priest, that each one of us will take up this invitation to approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen.